wouldn't say that. Podcast your requests get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago. Joining us here is Jed Brewer. Hello! With us all the way from Oak Ridge, Tennessee is Lee Younger. Hey, hey. Indeed, we have a great show lined up for you this week in honor of it being the first show of the post-Easter season and in honor of us having to record back-to-back several episodes because of travel and people who work in churches during the Easter season (laughs) in the effort of not uh, working Lee to the point where he just falls apart at the seams. Uh, We've had to bank a few shows here, so... We're going to do I quit. A- <laughs> I quit, Matt. I can't take it anymore. This rigorous recording schedule. <laughs> I am a harsh taskmaster, and that is undeniable. He is risen, but I am tired. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Well said. <laughs> I do like just, just a pastoral staff that ends their Sunday morning service on Easter Sunday with, he is risen, and we are going to do the opposite. If you have any problems <laughs> we need to do now and next Sunday, fix them yourself. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but in honor of that, we are going to uh, reprise the all emergency format. Oh, we're going to do a little bit of an Easter emergency show, an emergency basket, if you will, tick through some various and sundry uh, insanities and inanities from around the Christian internet uh, for you. And I will, I will start off with uh, something that is, I think, very seasonal appropriate because you know. We've probably all seen the pictures on the internet of the attempt to do the Easter bunny like Santa, you know, to do like the guy in the costume getting the pictures. And if it's anything other than kind of a excellent, excellent costume, then it's just terrified children being uh, terrorized by what looks like a giant rat. Yeah. (laughs) With like, you know, too long of ears. To that point, um, we, I, Jed sent us along something. From the Walmart Corporation. I do love Walmart. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get Jed to describe here in a second. But first, I will read the, uh, the description. Humongous, all caps, giant <laughs> six-foot plush Jesus doll. And yeah. this thing is terrifying. <laughs> well, it, it is as described, um, you know, so... I want you to think about like the really, really big stuffed animal that like your friend had. You didn't have this one. Your friend had it. And it's really, really oversized. Like it took up an enormous part of their room in a way that was almost like just weird. It's that, but it's Jesus. (laughs) So it is as described on the Walmart website, humongous, which is in capital letters, giant six foot plush Jesus doll. And I'm not making this part up. It's $180, y'all. It's $180 worth of stuffed plush Jesus doll. You said it, man. Or $17 (laughs) a month with a firm pay. Learn how. (laughs) You know, something that, that Matt mentioned when we were talking about this beforehand is, like, I mean, the bottom half of the doll, like, it's not bad, I guess. I mean, I'm not really an expert on dolls, but. You know, it, it looks okay. Yes. If, if you imagine Renaissance painting Jesus of a white guy and kind of a white tunic with a blue sash, it's that one. Yeah. But then the head is super weird. Like the head is not trying hard at all. It's just like, if you think of like the kind of line art that very young children do to portray mommy and daddy, yeah. it's basically that, 
but it costs $180. <laughs> and there, nobody's, and I say this as a person who spent a lot of his life trying to draw comic books, nobody's even thought about the proportions. These arms have nothing <laughs> to do with the proportions. It's just, there's no other way to say it, guys. It's creepy. It is, but you know, in the spirit of, cause we like to present both sides on the say that podcast, you know, it's important to us to be fair and balanced. Sure. We podcast, you decide. Absolutely. There is, there, there are two five-star reviews on the Walmart website. One of them left a very detailed written review, which, which I will share with you now, at least in part. So the title of this review, which is five stars and only from a few months ago, life-sized human plush, good quality. Now we dig in. Just like the picture, this giant stuffed Jesus plush has floppy arms and legs, but it's well stuffed and very soft. <laughs> I'm going to skip on a bit. We bought one. Uh, we changed his clothes, and he's been through the washer and dryer a few times now and still in great shape. Those, his neck has gotten a bit floppy now. I wish they made different styles. Parenthesis, Mr. Rogers? Question mark? Because there's really nothing wow. similar on the market that isn't C-rated. I don't even know what that means. I'm very confused by C-rated. Right? This actually replaced a couple of life-size dials that I made by hand, which had worn out Kelly, spelled with an I. Oh, wow. When you find yourself taking off giant plush Jesus's tunic to wash him, is there no part of you that says, eh, maybe it's just better dirty, or I will just buy another one because this is... Too weird. <laughs> also, I don't. I don't think you want a giant uh, plush, Mister Rogers, and I don't think I want you to have that. No. Nope. Also, I, there's a there, it, as as per usual. There's different little photographs of of the plush Jesus in in kind of different attitudes. One of them is just. You know, the the one that you lead off with is the giant plus Jesus sitting cross-legged in a chair with with the uh, children around him. Um, he's white, they're white, whatever. And um then there's underneath that there's one of somehow they've propped him up to just be standing. And I just had this <laughs> I just had this thought of like, what if somebody hijacked the social media account? And made like a super creepy, like horror movie, dark um, photograph to add into this, and then and then like the the uh, you know like a lullaby is playing on the wrong instrument for a lullaby oh, in the background, yeah. and then and lo, I am with you always, <laughs> even to the ends of the earth. It's the minor key, creepy children's choir, but they're singing "Jesus Loves Me." Yes, <laughs> it's it's the Jesus Chucky mashup. That's what we're talking about. Child's play nine. <laughs> this is where James and John come to the Lord and they say, we saw someone who wasn't with us and they were preaching your name. Should we call down fire upon them? And the Jesus plush goes, indeed. <laughs> well, here, here's another angle on, on the big Jesus doll. So um, it is advertised and apparently it's true. It is six feet tall. I did a little bit of digging and because, uh, you know, we fact check on the Say That podcast. We're not just putting stuff out there. Always. We're not spitballing. I mean, and um, as best anthropologists and archaeologists can tell, like human height has changed over time. Yes. And so 
uh, around when Jesus walked the earth, the average height was about five foot six. And that would have been a typical height for, for a man. And I am just loving that an unspoken context or subtext of the gospel stories is that Jesus was six inches taller than everyone else. No one mentions it, but it factors into every interaction that Jesus was a full head taller than everyone he talked <laughs> to. dunking on everybody. This is what, like, I, I love that version of the gospel so much, and I thank the Walmart Corporation for bringing it into my life. <laughs> Tall Jesus is great. I, yeah, I, it really adds a layer to the story of walking on water when they think it's a giant Bigfoot ghost <laughs> walking along the sea. There's also like if you scroll down, there's like the similar items you might like. And one of them is a 10 inch plush Jesus doll that's of a I don't even know what this means, but it's a bleacher creature. I don't either. I, I don't know how else to describe this. This is stern Jesus. Like the look on his face is he's he's not happy. About whatever you just did. Yeah, this is getting ready to flip over some tables, Jesus. And concerningly blue eyes. Yeah, deeply blue. Less blonde hair, but really just we're getting a lot of different shades of white Jesus in these plushes. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely like a Daniel Craig situation where it's like, oh, they blued those up in post. <laughs> I have to ask, because I don't know if we're all getting the same similar items. Are y'all also getting... The eight-inch um, Kevin Smith Buddy Christ plush doll. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. And let me tell you something, Walmart Corporation. Your algorithm, your algorithm is busted. The only yeah. people who are looking at the six-foot Jesus plush who would also consider buying something spun from the movie Dogma are on this podcast. Yep. No one else is doing that. Uh, the the one detail I want to point out is you know how you go in like an online thing and it'll have like who makes it so you can see other things they make uh, th- this has that as well and is apparently uh, made by something called tower of babel oh snap which may be not the best thing to name your company that makes uh <laughs> graven images of the lord <laughs> we will plunge your child's language into confusion that's the best thing about this is there's just right there on like right there in the book, it says, do not make a graven image. And the way the Tower of Babel Corporation gets around this is literally just by writing the word humongous in all caps. But it's humongous. Yeah, <laughs> it is humongous. A poorly rendered graven image. That can't count, right? We found a loophole. <laughs> it's a child's drawing. Neatness matters. <laughs> Well, while we're on the on the con on the uh, the subject of things that Super says in that book that we're just ignoring, that brings me to another thing in this roundup I wanted to bring up, which is uh, this goes in the the category that could fill a episode of this show every week, which is dumb thing one of us found on Twitter and sent the others. <laughs> I will I will not say the name because I don't care. But this is a tweet from a gentleman who is a fellow at some like Christian think tank and teaches at some. Uh, uh, not a seminary I had heard of, but apparently it's a decently sized one because he's got like 50,000 followers on Twitter. And uh, he tweeted, contrary to what you have heard, God does not whisper about all caps, anything. Oh. Um, he, he did though. It's in that book. 
In fact, there's there's a story in the Old Testament where like that's the central point. That's like the takeaway. Do <laughs> Jed, I believe you're referring to First Kings 19, starting in verse 11. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And the, let me just scroll back to the heading of the Lord appears to Elijah. (laughs) That's how he knew it was the Lord. (laughs) In a gentle what? In a gentle, strong declaration. Was it, and I just want to ask because details matter, was it a gentle whisper or a careless whisper? Well, the satin is, solo hadn't been invented yet. Is, <laughs> I mean, guilty feet ain't got no rhythm. I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> I'm never going to tweet again. <laughs> With this, uh, this uh, past fall, Lee and uh, brought up a bunch of high school kids to Chicago as, as he does on a regular basis. And one thing I was not prepared for in my, oh my God, I'm so old that things from my youth are recycling is 17 year olds just playing careless whisper. For real? Yeah. Like out of just out of their phones. Yeah. That's, that's like a TikTok trend. Just hearing that sax riff and looking over and seeing uh, Young's fresh scrubbed faces was very confusing. Wow. Great hook's a great hook, Matt. That's true. Yeah, that is a great hook. But I think it's fair to say them kids don't know nothing about George Michael, and that's probably for the best. Yeah. <laughs> just enjoy the hook. Look, you can just go. Here's the thing about the internet. You can just type anything into that box and hit publish, and it'll go up there. Um, but if your whole thing is being a reformed theology, bro, uh, just confidently asserting the opposite of what it says isn't the same as like <laughs> having a cool, nuanced take. Yeah, and it's it's a funny thing. It's a funny one because it's like you can go to church not very often in your whole life and still get that from the Bible story dartboard. Yeah. Yeah. Like you just, like, yeah, I went to church maybe six times in my whole life. Oh, but I heard that one. I heard the gentle whisper one. Yeah. 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 Even if you'd never been to church, just that's kind of tied up in the moves in mysterious ways and, you know, not with a shout, but like, yeah. I know. Like to that, I guess the point this dude's trying to make is like everything that about God is obvious, which would inherently put you out of a job as a theology bro, and is also just like really weird. Yeah. So don't do that. Uh, (laughs) In a more fun uh, aspect of Twitter Roundup, and maybe we'll we can get the creative juices flowing here. Um, so uh, it's like one of those gimmick accounts that is at Almighty God. I don't think it's verified, but who knows. Uh, Pose the question, which I think is a fascinating one. Which biblical character would have the best or most insufferable podcast? Oh, oh wow. <laughs> and uh, uh, one of the very popular answers uh, was, uh, I don't know if it'd be good, bad, or insufferable, but Paul would definitely go for length. Yeah. He would definitely have a Dan Carlin-style uh, seven-hour situation, if you recall the story of the kid just falling asleep and dipping out of a window. Yeah, just lots of... It, it, every tweet starts with "This is a thread." Yeah, the little, just the little thread emoji. Absolutely, one of twenty-seven. 
Yeah. My my thought on this was uh Jeremiah. Okay. The guy that wrote Lamentations. Just because, you know, it's like you 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 try to bring in your podcast with some peppy music, and then he just gets on the mic. Bitterly she weeps at night. Tears are on her <laughs> cheeks. Among all her lovers, there is no one to comfort her. All her friends have betrayed her. They have all become her enemies. And people are like, bro, just lighten it up. <laughs> I mean. We got a nice interview roundup, just like a news of the leak. What's going on here? Yeah, he's. I think he would have a very specific energy. Of the New Testament writers, I think um, Mark would have a very sufficient style because every episode would be like 12 minutes. Yeah. 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 It'd be like the daily, like just no detail, no unnecessary details. Just, all right. So we went to a place and said a thing and uh, we don't really need any names or what they did, but it was pretty good. So we'll see you next week right here on the Mark cast. The That's author of good. Hebrews, that would be a tough one because one of the very basic things is introduce yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I mean, That's to good. this day, we're like, we just don't know who hosts this podcast. Yeah, that could be a very mysterious kind of, yeah, done by an un, undefined collective, a different uh, different voice every time. Yeah. I was going to go, you know, it's a little, little out there, but I was going to go with Balaam's donkey. And the reason <laughs> for it is, like, just in my mind, having been granted the ability to speak, I feel like Balaam's donkey thinks it's better than you. Like, we all have that friend or acquaintance who's read a bunch of books you haven't. And always brings them up in that perfect way of like, oh, I'm sure you're aware of blah, blah, blah. And in my mind, that's what Balaam's donkey would do. Like wow. his podcast is 30 solid minutes every week of him being better than you. And I just can't live with that. So on the insufferability meter, very high. Yeah, I think I, I think a, kind of a dark horse for insufferability would be David's podcast. Oh, oh yeah. Because I think yeah. we have a very kind of Mark Marin vibe of the first half of it would just be him like way over confessing stuff that he's anxious about. <laughs> like there's a, there's a, which Lee and his boss taught me this many years ago. Most of David's Psalms have a very clear structure where kind of the first half and I'm using half generously, normally more like 70% is uh, grievances and problems and anxieties. And then it kind of at the end is, but you know, it'll probably work out because God's got my back. <laughs> Exactly. But I just picture like the the very hard run of my enemies have me surrounded on all sides and they press in nothing. There's no reward for being good in this world. Now a moment to talk about stamps.com. We'll be right back. <laughs> I also like, uh, this is really, that's a really good point, Matt. I also like the idea of David running a podcast where he speaks with like counselors and physicians who are like, Hey bro, we can get you some help for that. And he's like, but he just keeps he just just stiff arms and he's just like we were like sheep to be slaughtered and he's like would you like to talk about that all day long we were going to our death david david's podcast the reviews men would rather collect hundreds of foreskins than go to therapy <laughs> <laughs> another fine option the job's friends podcast oh, oh wow yeah you bring Isn't that them a every problem, podcast? and they figure out how it's your secret sin that's at fault causing this. <laughs> I like that a lot. I also like the day. I also like the David podcast, either beginning or ending with Saul has gotten his thousands of downloads. David's his tens of thousands of downloads. Oh, wow. that's fantastic. 
Well, on the Job thing, on the Job's friends thing, I mean, just like there, we just have no shortage of just like boomers opinions. <laughs> yeah. Just the Abraham talking about how nobody wanders in the desert anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think one of the, the undercover best titles, of course, would be James and John's doing the Sons of Thundercast. Oh, wow. that's very good. But it'd be very broy. It'd be like semi barstool. Like, yeah. Like, come on, guys. It's it's not that. Nothing about fishing is that funny. Let's get let's get to what we're doing here. Well, yeah, another sleeper for insufferability would literally just, I think, just be Moses. I mean, this is the guy that wrote the first five books of the of the Bible. But you're 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 cruising along through the Book of Numbers, and all of a sudden, you read this sentence, which is. Now, Moses was the most humble man in all the world. Yeah. And you're like, wait, didn't Moses write the book of Numbers? Right. I, I mean, I, I really think that would be a difficult guy to listen to on a weekly basis. <laughs> there would be a lot of false humility about, you know, we got a lot of reviews coming in, and I just, I just can't believe anybody listens to this, this little show we put out, but it's real <laughs> thankful for you if you want to check out the Patreon. Fantastic. Yeah. Who, I think that's is, a, who is the Joe Rogan of the Bible? Wow. Oh, that is such a layered and confusing question. I mean, I feel like any number of the prophets having ecstatic visions, you know, kind of, they go along the line of his obsession with drugs. So you've got that, but that's only one layer. There could be like a, uh, I mean, I I could, I could believe like a, a Herod Antipas, like, sure. The guy that gives the speech and everybody thinks it's amazing, but he, he he won't give credit to God and he gets eaten by worms. Yeah, that's bad. That's we've, not how you want to go We've yet up. to see the worms happen in this most recent version of this kind of personality. <laughs> yeah, well, as we are in the Easter season, I think there's, on some level, there's a strong pilot vibe. Because yeah. pilot has a real, I'm just asking questions. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Not taking any responsibility. Whoa, whoa who's, who's to say? Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'm just giving Barabbas a platform to get his ideas out there. If people respond to it, that's... <laughs> we that's both have me. truths. <laughs> yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, right. I'm, not, uh, I'm not here to, to judge or, or censor anyone. I'm just giving... I'm just, I'm just a, a curious person who wants to know what truth really is. Yeah, <laughs> Pilots, what is truth cast? That's very good. Yeah, that, I think that's <laughs> the winner on the Joe Rogan equivalency. That's, that's well <laughs> done. sure. It's weird for an audio medium, but he ends every show with washing his hands of anything you said. <laughs> you can't be mad at him. Uh, can't cancel me. I wash my hands. <laughs> I also think this isn't a, a biblical uh, character, but it could be, you know, judges or whatever. But I think there's a very hardcore true crime podcast to be done about things yes. in the Old Testament. Like, like just a full season on Deborah, uh, just spiking that dude in the temple. Jail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, my I, favorite biblical murder cast I, wow. I think the other way to go with that is excellent as a yes and the other way to go with deborah that would be incredible would be where she interviews tough guys but she always ends the interview by asking so tell me this you ever drive a stake through anyone's temple i didn't think so <laughs> well anyway this has been the deborah cast <laughs> this has been the one-up cast <laughs> oh gosh yeah those are all incredible incredible options i'm trying to think of 
what else we found on, Oh, this actually will, will transfer nicely from podcasts and comedians. Um, I know, uh, Lee and Jed know who this is, but I will, for any listeners who may not know, there's a gentleman named Chuck Colson who founded a very large, probably the largest in America prison ministry, a prison fellowship, right? Yes. That's right. So wrote a bunch of books. He uh, has a, had such a passion for his ministry because he met the Lord in prison uh, where right. he was locked up for Nixon related crimes. Yeah. He was one of Nixon's lawyers. Um, so that's wild. The wildest thing, more, more wild thing about that is they're making a TV show about uh, Watergate, I suppose. And uh, they have cast beloved alternative, alternative comedy darling Patton Oswalt as Chuck Colson. That is incredible. Yeah, I mean that's got to just break so many brains in the in the Christian world. Yeah, for those of us who are familiar with Mr. Oswald's comedy, um, that's an interesting choice. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> but I do love because you know the biopic is a big genre, and we're always looking for you know interesting casting choices. I do love just the most deeply inappropriate, but yeah, it kind of fits for just any Christian celebrity. Yeah. Wow. When you sent this earlier, my immediate thought was I would pay any amount of money for a greedy bio, for a gritty biopic with John Goodman as Billy Sunday. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. Oh Dude. yeah. That's I- seriously good. I would kickstart that tomorrow, dude. That's unbelievable. That that now that's in my brain, right? I'm I'm gonna pitch this. It's a little out there, but I I hope you go with me. Jared Leto as Joel Osteen. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. He was born to play that role. Yes. Wow. He. I'm trying to figure out how he'd get weirdly method about it. Maybe he'd polish his teeth or something. Wow. Yeah. That. I'm envisioning right that right now, and it's delighting me endlessly. Who's the guy? Who's who's the uh, the 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 uh, the the pastor that they did the mashup with the uh, the the bodies hit the floor thing? He used to do the. Oh, like, is that Kenneth people Copeland? This... No, 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 not that's... Kenneth Copeland. I know who that is. Let me see. Benny Hinn. Yeah, there it Benny is. Benny Hinn. He used to do the faith healing with the force pushing and all. Yeah, so Sasha Baron Conan as as Benny Hinn. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, go ahead and give him the the. Go ahead and give him uh uh you know, Palpatine, Emperor Palpatine's lightning and everything in the biopic. <laughs> That's just an artistic yes. interpretation right there. Yes. When you first sent the Patton Oswalt tweet, I actually thought it was a meme. Like I, I thought somebody generated this. Yeah, no, that that seems fair. I'm trying. Kenneth Copeland is a really good one because he's got a, he's got a threatening aura about him. Yeah, he Javier does. Bardem. Yes, yes, that would be <laughs> no excellent. country for old preachers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's very good. I am trying to think of because the the kind of the last sacred cow who hasn't been touched by a uh, time or scandal to to a certain type of evangelical Christian is Billy Graham, right? Uh, right or wrong, you know your opinion is better. We've been we've been red flagged and almost kicked out of the Billy Graham Center at Wheaton it's, at Wheaton College, so you know we we've got our own factual. But I'm just trying to think of 
who is the would be the most on one level objectionable, but also it would probably be a really good performance. So you couldn't deny it. Ricky Gervais is <laughs> Billy Graham. Wow. See, I was going to say Gary Oldman, but now that's just... Uh, he doesn't even try to not do the unbelievable. accent. He does Billy Graham in his snarky British accent the whole time. <laughs> With, and, and refuses to drop any of the atheism and, and, has to, and has to somehow say actual words Billy Graham said. Just that's like right. does fourth wall breaks about how much he hates the idea of that's theism. It. That, that's yeah. the whole game yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah. Critics have called it the most slappable performance in the history of cinema. <laughs> what would be amazing is if he could do the if he could do the sermons in a great like like Raleigh, North Carolina accent, and then do the fourth wall break in the pure Ricky Gervais snarky British accent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, yeah, I like that a lot, a lot. Um, apparently, I'm just learning this because somebody mentioned you know an '80s person, and it confused me. Apparently there is a uh, like a movie on HBO Max where Jessica Chastain plays Tammy Faye Baker. Really? Yeah. Okay. Who knew? Oh, it's on Hulu. Well, that is that is certainly a choice. So again, one, once again, we've uh, we've said something to be funny and goofy, and apparently an even That's weirder version of it exists already. <laughs> That's oddly comforting. Which is our curse, kind of a reverse lathe of heven uh, situation, and th- that's just kind of how we do um while we're on the subject of uh, crazy christian things and we're we're finishing our twitter roundup um we check in with our old friend kurt cameron oh who apparently has some kind of internet or television program because this is a tweet that says kaylee mckinney which is apparently a person's real name uh, on kurt cameron's show the antidote to darkness is light the antidote, and according to this person, she said anecdote both times instead of antidote, is to a really grim future is filling the world with a lot of Christian babies. Oh, that, okay. Um, there's a certain thing in, in rhetoric, in debate, which is called a buried fallacy. Oh. Um, babies are not born Christians. No? Y- yeah. Yeah. You you decide whether or not you believe in Jesus when you are old enough to understand a certain message and make a decision about that. Uh, Christians are people who decide to believe in Jesus and decide to follow Jesus and love Jesus. Uh, Babies don't have that faculty. So Christian babies buried fallacy. (laughs) It's almost as if in that certain sentence... The word Christian is a fill-in for something else they wanted to say. Huh. Well, I can't, I can't think of what that would be. Like a group of people they may feel against all logic and, numero- and numbers is being uh, pushed out that they want to create more of. Mm. That would ward off this grim future that we're worried about? Like they're going to be replaced and they'd like to not do that. Mm. I can't I can't imagine what that might be. Like if there's a certain thing that you want something to continue to be and you're worried it's going to be canceled. Mm. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Fascinating. 
And and so you say something that may point to what you really want to say when you actually said the antidote to darkness is <laughs> what? <laughs> so the quiet part loud and the loud part quiet. Mm-hmm. There's also, I believe, uh, Miss, I can't remember her last name. McEnany. There you go. Is one of the people doing the rounds about how amazingly Christian Vladimir Putin is. And that's the kind oh, of gosh. strong muscular Christianity we should uh, be, be supporting. And you could just, here's the thing you do. You just not say things. Yeah. <laughs> like there's a group of people that you don't like, which, you know, whatever. Um, uh, we, we could talk about if, if deciding that your, your self-styled enemies are the cause of all the problems in the world is Christian or not, but you wouldn't hear us on that. So we're not going to bother with it, <laughs> but, uh, just maybe not everything falls into a weird binary. Yeah. I, I, when I first saw this quote, I, I, it just kind of gave me the idea of like basically a Christian version of Zoolander. And I gotta be oh. honest, I find that pretty engaging. You know, I, I, I loved the original Zoolander and if there was, if there was a Christian Zoolander available, I would definitely give it a try. Walk, walk me through Christian Zoolander. What, what, what's the premise here? Well, we start with, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, obviously, but we start with as, as Derek Zoolander, uh, male model of the year, many times over would put it ridiculously good looking people with chiseled abs and striking features. Right. And, you know, m- many of the. Um, spokespeople of uh, Ms. McEnany's uh, politics are conventionally good-looking, but perhaps, you know, with uh, not the surest grasp of the English language per the uh, interposition of anecdote for antidote. But, you know, the thing about Derek Zoolander is that he was fighting against a secretive cabal. In his case, um, you know, Mugatu, who was trying to assassinate the Malaysian prime minister. And and I think that Ms. McEnany does see herself as fighting against a secretive international cabal. So I think it practically writes itself, Matthew. Wow. Yeah, no, I, I think that's absolutely right. I, I was picturing, and maybe this is a a sequel. Unfortunately, one of those does not exist for Zoolander, in my mind anyway. I think they did actually try it um, where instead of being a male model, it's like a, a competition to be the next Hillsong pastor because they need See? one of those oh, wow. yes. between, you know, a Zoolander type figure and a Hansel type figure. <laughs> yes. Yes. Maybe there's a walk off <laughs> these kind of things. Well, to that point, let me ask you this. So recently the documentary about uh, Hillsong was released. I've intentionally not watched it because I'm angry about enough things. Hey. And there's there's enough sadness in the world. I I have a sense of how it ends and what the content is. I don't need more. But if it was all of the same revelations, but in a a fictionalized way and presented in the style of Zoolander, wouldn't that be fun? I think there's almost no doubt that it would be incredibly fun. And I can picture any number of Christian uh, thinkers, uh, celebrities, megachurch people, whatever in the scene with the David Duchovny thing where he explains the whole plot and Zoolander just goes, but why male models? (laughs) Really? (laughs) I just told you. (laughs) But why pastors? (laughs) As, as a fun, to use the word anecdote properly as a fun anecdote. um, 
I have read, I think I have this right, that that was fully improv Like, literally, Stiller forgot his next line. And so he just asked, again, but why male models? And so the response from Duchovny in that moment is totally natural and organic because it was fully improv And that makes me so, so happy. That's absolutely fantastic. This this makes me think of, when you, you talked about the documentary about Hillsong, it kind of takes me back to our earlier podcast discussion. And because, the, you know, one of the things that happened in the past year was one of these expose podcasts about the uh, the the whole like Mars Hill deal yeah. and oh, and yes. what's his name the name I've forgotten Mark Driscoll thank you and um, which you know a lot of people have asked me have you listened to the thing and I have not listened to it and Jed has perfectly described why I haven't listened to it which is I already know what that story is going to be. And, um, I just don't, I don't want to engage with it because it's already sad enough knowing that it exists. I don't want to hear all the the details yep. ab- uh, about that. And so it, it was one of the, and, and then thinking about that made me think, uh, on the, on the earlier podcast discussion of, you know, uh, biblical characters being podcast hosts, uh, are you guys familiar with a, um, there's a podcast called revisionist history. This is a thing that uh, Malcolm Gladwell does where he, he it, it's, th- this is not like definitive history. He's just going back and asking questions. Have we under, have we really understood this thing? Okay. However, anybody feels about it, whatever. But the, the idea that occurred to me was, um, a, a, a kind of an interview podcast or a revisionist history style podcast where, um, really haughty theologians actually get to interview biblical authors Oh, and they're like, so it was always this, right? What they're like, what they're, you know, they've got everything figured out in theology and the, the biblical author there in that they're interviewing just goes, uh, no, uh, no, you got, you got it completely wrong. (laughs) And that's just the extent of the interview. If you're, if you're of a certain age, you may be familiar with the movie named Annie Hall, which is directed by an anonymous director lost to history, unfortunately for all of us. Um, but there's a moment where it's like the, speaking of fourth wall breaks, like we were with the, earlier, there's a moment where the, he, the main character is in line for like a movie or something. And someone's going on about some philosopher they just read. And the fourth wall break is the main character just brings the guy from out of frame. And he just says to the person, you know, nothing of my work. <laughs> <laughs> and just the exactly. ghost of the apostle Paul, just going around and being like, no, <laughs> Like, wait, this is the, well, this is what you guys have been doing. This is how you treat people. This is how you act. This is what you say out loud. No, no yeah. hard pass. Yeah. Just, just a, a, a kind of prank camera show called, where did you come up with that? <laughs> yes. We, 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 uh, built the bench out front, but we took it down because homeless people were sleeping on it. I was so clear about that part. <laughs> What are you insane? Yep. <laughs> Literally, when the apostles sent a letter with Paul back to Antioch, they said, "One thing we want to make sure that you do is to always remember and take care of the poor." And Paul says, "The very thing that I wanted to add to the letter." Yeah. Like there's part as we we've talked about it on the show. There's parts of the Bible that are very uh esoteric and very layered and very specific to a time and culture and we need good scholars and we need um, smart people to help us figure that out and put that down. 
And then there's a few things that are like just real clear. Being nice to poor people. Yeah, I don't want to do nice that. <laughs> be nice to people. Be nice specifically to people that your culture says are not deserving of dignity. Hello, several laws passed by several southern states recently. Yep. Yeah, just the idea of the Apostle Paul um, just being interviewed by, you know, reformed bros. Yeah. And just wailing. That's yeah. just, that's going to be something that I, I smile as I go to sleep tonight thinking about. Yeah, I would tune in for that. It just the look, you'd have to be a video product because just the look on their face of how excited they think Paul is going to be to hear their interpretation and how much they nailed it. And just the what? <laughs> oh, no. I also love that. And this is this just makes me happy. Um, he he can't speak English, obviously. And so. <laughs> You have to wait for the Greek interpreter. And these are guys that tell everybody what Greek means all the time, but they have to sit there and wait for the Greek interpreter. And then the Greek interpreter breaks their heart. Yes. I yes. do like the, uh, just, yeah, the, the, the gap where hope goes to die of them, of Paul saying, saying something in Greek, which is ancient Greek, by the way, is yeah. totally lost to history. No one actually knows what that sounded like. So even if you can read it, you can't really speak it. And just the look of like, that doesn't seem good, but maybe it's good translation. Oh, it wasn't good. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Also, I would like a, a show where reformed bros just meet a uh, biblically historic people and are have to act not surprised by their skin tone. Oh yeah, that's good. That's very, very good. Hey, nice to meet all 12 of you. You're, Swarthier than I pictured. (laughs) (laughs) Which in many ways takes us back to the original quote on Twitter about the Christian babies. Huh. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. What was that adjective a stand in for? Hmm. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people are on that. Um, There's a lot of uh, churches who that's their strategy is to make more babies and, uh, Nothing says we've given up on being able to offer anything to adults. Like, well, maybe the people who already come here could procreate. That's a good plan. <laughs> yeah. You just got to wait it out. Well, I think that's also a good transition into, into the last thing I have here. And if you guys want to tag anything on at the end, absolutely feel free. This is a an article written for the Gospel Coalition that falls firmly in the category of you didn't have to write that. <laughs> but not in like the the way that we've often highlighted articles from this kind of publication on this for. It's not really like offensive or weird. It's just that seems like a long way to go. And it is. Uh, I'll give you the 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 heading and the subheading. We need to talk about Bruno. Disney's Encanto points to the savior. Gosh. Uh-huh. We we should we should set the, the 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 scene for this by saying I just learned that this song is now the number one song in the history of all Disney songs. Unseating wow. Unseating Let It Go, A Whole New World, Beauty and the Beast, all of them. It's Wow. It's the most it yeah, it is the most played, most purchased, most it it is 
Head and Shoulders, the most successful Disney song in the history of the in the history of the company. Crazy. Um, and I and I don't know that this is true, but please, please, please tell me it's true that whoever wrote this article, it was his first day at the Gospel Coalition, and this was his <laughs> hazing project. <laughs> we're, we're, this is what the Christians come up with. I'm going to take something super popular from culture, and you got to make it about Jesus. Go. Run, boy, run. You know, he's got to figure it out. Well, possibly. I've got, I've got good news on that. I clicked on the author's name, and they do only have one Gospel Coalition article, and it is this one. Boom! Yeah, so there it is. This was there hazing! Is. The hazing theory really holds up. So if you listen to this podcast, you, you, you may not know that I, I have a list of things that I would do if I were a billionaire, um, which is exactly why God will never let me be a billionaire because I would abuse that massively. And it would, it's all, I would do no good. I would do only bad things if I had a billion dollars. I believe these are all labeled as, and I quote, spite projects. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So here's, here's the spite project that, that goes with this. And actually in a weird way, it's related to Zoolander. I would take a really angry, uptight conservative Christian Show them the 10-year-old Sasha Baron Cohen film, Bruno, and insist that that's the movie this article is referring oh, to, wow. and get them to write a scathing response on that basis. Wow. Alternately, I like taking you know someone who they, they don't watch Tucker movies or whatever, and convincing them that the Sasha Baron Cohen movie, Bruno, is the one that Disney kids are all excited about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i i think we have to go forward with lee's hypothesis because man is that the only way this makes sense here's the poll quote like jesus bruno is a prophet without honor in his hometown oh god bait honey you don't you don't have to do this i don't know how much the gospel coalition pays per article you don't have to do this to yourself <laughs> is it an evil petting zoo <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh, gosh. They hired Dr. Evil. That is their new publication strategy. Oh, yeah. gosh. Well, here, to send me to that point of just kind of, uh, see, what about an ill-tempered sea bass? Like, we're just kind of <laughs> negotiating ourselves down. As I watched the movie, I couldn't help but notice parallels between Bruno, the rejected truth-telling prophet, which is one description, and Jesus Christ. I doubt any of these parallels were intended by Disney. But it's usually wise to avoid, and it's usually wise to avoid reading into movie characters more Christ figure than there is there. Then why is there <laughs> still two thousand words of article to go? Right. I couldn't help but notice. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could completely have helped to notice. And then in one that I think we're all going to find personally offensive because we really like what you reference here. But to riff on Sally Lloyd Jones, no, nope. if you don't know, dear listener, is the author of the fantastic. Jesus Storybook Bible and a couple other great books. Encanto is a movie that whispers Jesus's name. Oh no, it's not. It's just he, not. The quote from Miss Lloyd Jones, who uh, Lee has had the the pleasure of interviewing on uh, the other the uh, Ancient and New, or was that the Water Tower, Lee? That you talked to? I, it Lee was Jones. an old Ancient and New episode. Yeah. So go find that wonderful lady, great author. Um, she does say the phrase that there's a story that whispers Jesus's name. She's talking about the Old Testament. Yeah. yeah. So 
maybe not the same level of stretch as the Disney movie. So uh, Bulletproof 1, The Prophet, is rejected in silence for truth-telling. Subheadline number two, the rejected and silenced prophet is actually the one holding the family together. As Jesus was? Sure. I missed that part, but I don't, I'm not very careful here. The family is healed only when receive, when they receive the once rejected prophet. I, I haven't seen the Encanto, so I don't, I don't know, but I don't think it's about apocalyptic prophecy. That's pretty not. hardcore. I, I've seen, I've seen the Encanto and it's not about that at all. I, I have this other little, so the, the idea of the hazing theory I want to carry it one step further, which was step one, they made dude write this article. Step two, they made him record his own version of the song only with gospel <laughs> references. Yes. Sure. He, had to re- he had to do all the voices. He had to do it all on, you know, some little uh, iPhone multi-track app, a uh, garage band or something like that. And now the only thing I want is to hear this horrible, horrible cover. Yeah, yeah. that's fantastic. I'm gonna I'm gonna skip the end and read y'all based on that the, the last uh, paragraph here and keep the hazing theory in mind. <laughs> Bruno is by no means a perfect picture of Jesus. There are places throughout the film where the Christological resonances break down. Still, in presenting <laughs> Bruno as a once rejected truth-telling prophet who then received by faith, who when received by faith brings healing and wholeness, Encanto offers a shadow of our true savior. It's a gift when popular movies offer fodder like this for the theological reflection and gospel connections, especially with young viewers. So even as your kids sing, as my daughter does, we don't talk about Bruno. Perhaps you should respond with, we need to talk about Bruno and see where the conversation goes. Nope. That is like an exponential growth of the 10-year-old at this point Twitter meme about youth pastor turns chair around and like, you guys know what the real Super Bowl was. It happened on the cross or whatever, but I think we need to talk about Bruno. I also, but I think this is a rich vein of just I guess you could just do this with Disney ad infinitum. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe you don't need to let it go. Maybe you need to take it to the foot of the cross. Oh, very good. Very I mean, good. I, and and no kidding. Like the, the number of, of like, like famous Christians that went off on the message of let it go when it first came out, because, you know, it was just because of how much in us doesn't need to be, accepted and let go, but needs to be examined and submitted to the will of the Lord or whatever. And, and it was, you know, and how dangerous this was for our children. And I just wanted to ring necks and say, no, you don't say to your little daughter, we need to talk about Bruno. You dance with her and sing. We don't talk about Bruno at the top of your lungs. That's what parenting is. And I know we're goofing on stuff, but like, Hey, every now and then, just let people enjoy a thing that they enjoy and don't have beef with it or make it about Jesus. Just enjoy an extremely catchy song with your little kid. It's not complex. Maybe, very well said, Lee, maybe project yourself 10, 15 years down the line 
your your child is at college and they hear the we don't talk about Bruno, you know, comes up at a Spotify mix. And here's the fork in the road I put to you, a uh, Gospel Coalition reader. On one, down one side, they look back and say, Oh, I really like this song. I remember this movie came out. We watched it all the time, and my dad danced in the living room with me to do with me, and he made up silly lyrics that wasn't that fun. And the other one is Every time I heard this song, my dad tried to talk to me about Jesus, and it was weird. (laughs) Every time this song came on when I was seven, my dad made me read his thesis about how uh, there's a a Christological imperative inherent in the the Disney narrative going on here. Well, look, guys, I'm really glad that we are having this discussion because it gives me a chance to advance my theory that in Disney's Beauty and the Beast— the character of Gaston is a stand-in for God, who does everything for the excellence and praise of his own glory in the same way that God does. Therefore, Gaston is meant to teach us about God. During the next seven hours, I would like to discuss all of the ways that Gaston and God are basically the same. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Would you say no one fights like Gaston, no one drinks like Gaston? In fact, there is none like Gaston. I would say that exactly. Let me ask you this, Matthew King. Is there anyone whose neck is as incredibly thick as the Most High God? (laughs) I think not. Game, set, and match, sir. Good day. I I don't know if that's true, but I don't know enough about uh, Christology to refute him. Is, is 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 the Lord especially good at expectorating? <laughs> Actually, wa- Jesus Jesus did do some healing miracles by spitting. Thank you oh, on yeah. the people, the blind people's eyes. Wow. Thank you, thank you. And wait, wait, wait! It gets better. Gaston is in love with who? The inventor's daughter. The inventor is simply a stand-in for mankind, and we are all in our own way. The inventor's daughter, the most beautiful girl in town, and that makes her the best, which is the way in which God pursues us. You're welcome, Christians. I just preached you. He pursued us, even though we were very clear we didn't want to be with him and wanted another relationship, which is a weird detail that they put into way too many of these overreadings of Christian stories. And when we fell in love with a beast standing for the devil, he came and rescued us by attacking the beast. Kill the beast. Wow. We won't be safe until Satan's head is mounted on my wall. And the beast tried to seduce Bell with his library, and that's why I don't trust books. <laughs> oh my gosh. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is a riff I just don't think we're going to beat. Nope. And that means it's time for us to go. We hope you enjoyed another emergency roundup. Uh, Jed has just dropped into our group chat a red shirt with <laughs> a uh, white. <laughs> Uh, Heinz logo, Heinz like logo on it. Looks like a ketchup bottle that says catch up with Jesus. Let <laughs> us praise him and relish him because oh. he loves me from my head to my toes. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. You're welcome. And there is that available at the deeply ironically named brave new look.com. <laughs> I guess there would be something brave about leaving the house wearing that, but not, I wouldn't. For any theological nor religious reason. We'll be back next week with our regular format, answering your questions. If you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com, the bridge Chicago. 
www.tumblr.com slash ask. If you would like to share an emergency, uh, you can certainly do that at those same addresses, or you can find us on the, on the social medias on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, pass along anything you might like to hear us talk about, uh, uh, wonderful listener, listener and super fan Gwen recently, uh, dropped on Facebook that she uh, was reminded of the uh, movie Velocipaster, which, uh, we uh, first alerted her to, which I have also recently not watched all the way through, but uh, found a clip of online and am very relieved to tell you knows it's a joke. There was a That's scene good. where apparently, and they're obviously very low budget. Apparently instead of doing the special effects, there was a thing where a car was supposed to explode and it just panned past the words VFX explosion. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. good. And I was very relieved that at least this one weird Christian thing knew what it was and was embracing <laughs> it. So if you have follow-ups like that, anything else you'd like to hear us talk about, or of course, any questions we can answer for you, hit us up at those addresses. They're all in your episode description as well. Take it out with a song this week. It's been a classic style episode. We're going to go with a Jed Brewer classic song to go out. Ooh. It's called Greater as He. It was recorded live at the bridge. Yeah. Check out that. Thanks for listening. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do. Just turn back around